Good morning. It is good to see y'all. Get to be here together. It's always worthwhile. Before we get started into our lesson this morning, let's begin with our prayer, please. Father, we humbly come before you. We know that you are our God and our Creator, that you are holy, that you are just. And there are words, there are no words that we can find that could adequately express all that you deserve. But we know, Father, we need you. That you've cared for us. That you've provided for us. That you've been with us in difficult days. And that, Father, that you are faithful. So that we can trust you. We ask for your help, Father. For there are things that are difficult for us. We need your help so many times to get through them. It seems that it is a great challenge for many of us to look in a mirror at ourselves, to see truly what our hearts hold, to be honest about our choices, our actions, and our words. Father, help us. Help us to see what doesn't belong within us. Help us to change and become more of what you desire us to be. Help us, Father, to honor you with who we are in every way. For through Jesus we pray. Amen. I realize that this reference may not hit very many of y'all. But some of y'all, if you're old enough, know the play by George Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion, a couple movies out of it. I'm thinking I may have missed all of y'all with this one. Your homework for today (laughs) is is to go look up Pygmalion, P-Y-G-Malion, and the, the play by... Shaw, not the Greek story from way back, okay? But the, the, the story is that we have Professor Higgins, we have Eliza, who's a flower girl, and there are other characters, but we'll concentrate on those two. Now, you have, it's set in England, so she has a strong, strong accent showing where she's been raised and her background and her standing in society. And Professor Higgins is... The, pretty much makes a bet with a friend of his, or the friend makes the bet, that Professor Higgins would not or would be able to get her to the point where everybody would think that she was actually from the higher echelons of society. And so he takes on that challenge. Now, if you go through and watch that, a lot of what it concentrates on is changing how she talks, her accent, how she carries herself. Because he was going to make it so she would appear to be a duchess. Now, we kind of know about accents, don't we? There are those who talk normal, and then there are those foreigners from above the Red River and up 
that struggle. But uh, we know that uh, we can kind of tell where somebody's from based upon how they talk. The movie shows her transformation. Shows how she became what he thought he could make her to be in, in her words and her behavior as it goes along. Depending on if you have the play or if the movie, the ending can be different in that regard. But the, the parallel, I think, for us is how our words, the way that we talk, reflect how God is working in us. That what we say, why we say it, shows how much of a difference that God is making in our lives. Now we can, we can, there are so many verses that cover this. We're going to look at Proverbs, so we're going to get to a lot of them. But the idea is that when you look at Proverbs, you'll see how many, many of them focus on what and what is said and why we say it. That words become a central part of what goes on. And, and we know, from the time we were little all the way as we grew up, we know there are some things we should not say. We know there are some things that ought to be said, and sometimes we struggle between one or the other. And so, in Proverbs, we see that picture being given. That there are, as he talk about words, that it's trying to get us to be aware and, and realize what we say and, and why we say it, so that we can see that. So, a lot of that comes from the idea. Now, we're going to look at the, the negative side of things. We know... It's talked about the mouth of a fool invites ruin. We, we see that and we know those kind of things happen. And we see that's something we need to pay attention to. That, that, that those things that are said make a difference in our lives. Chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk. And so the innocent escape trouble from the fruit of their lips. People are filled with good things and the work of their hands brings them reward. And we know that those kind of things that we see those th- things said and We know there are words that cause trouble for not just ourselves, but for others. Chapter 18, verse 2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. And so as we see that, we know that giving thought to our words matters. And and these talk about that aspect of not being able to, to hold back before, to say something without thinking about what we say. Chapter 26, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death, there's one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. All right, here, I'll give you my rule. It's joking if both people enjoy it. If one person takes joy in it and the other person does not, it's not joking. That's just being cruel. But he lays it out that we have to give thought to what we say and not just throw out things. Uh, there are times that we need to say things in our right. Some of y'all may relate to this one. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Any of y'all feel that way? I, I'm telling my mama here. I, it's, she uh, is an early bird and, and became worse because of her work and how early she got up. But when she wakes up, she wakes up as if the sun is shining and the flowers are blooming, and the birds are singing, and she joins along. I happen to have somebody in my home who is not a morning person, that that doesn't go well. And so this is, having our words spoken at the wrong time is just as bad sometimes as the wrong content. If you see someone who speaks in haste, there's more hope for a fool than for them. You hear the, the idea of not really paying attention to what we say and just... Throwing it out there without really giving thought to it is, is something that is not good and it's not 
really good for anybody around us. But we know there are some things that we need to say. Um, I, I meant for this to be up on that other list. It says, the Lord detests lying lips. And when you think about that aspect of things, you know, we know that we shouldn't lie. But what does he contrast it with? It says, he delights in people who are trustworthy. It's not just the idea of, of saying what's true. It's being trustworthy with our words as well. A truthful witness saves lives. And that aspect of being truthful is an important part of what we need to ha- be able to express in life. Uh, we, the tongue of the wise adorns knowledge. See, that, that means it has to come from what we know and what we have put our thoughts into to be able to say what's good and right. Chapter 15, verses 4 and 26. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I, I, the pictures that he gives is really interesting. But that idea of having words that are soothing or words that, that provide that, that what's good and right and provide life. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. The way we say things, not just the how they're said, I mean what's said, they all go together. But we can have an impact that what God wants is for us to have those words that are good for, for us and for those around us. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. He's not talking about literally breaking a bone, but he's talking about that in words and talking that we can make a difference in other people's lives based upon what we say and how we say it. And so he says a gentle tongue. Can, can make a big change in what goes on and not just in our words. Uh, I love this one. Have you all ever, I am great at having a great comeback three days after somebody's already said something. I wish I could call them back up and say, hey. But it loses effect after three days. But there is joy in being able to say what needs to be said in the right moment. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply. How good is a timely word? And being able to say something in the right time and finding the right thoughts to be able to express that. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers. See, here's the opposite, isn't it? Instead of being thoughtless with our words, he talks about being thoughtful. Thinking about what we want to say. What would be good and beneficial? What would make a difference? What needs to be said in that moment? And so we want to give that thoughtfulness to what we say. Chapter 10, verse 19. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. There's a theme that goes on as well. It's not just saying something. There are times that silence is the better response. We don't always have to say something. And there are times that we just hold our tongue because it won't make any difference at all. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues makes me think, you know, if I were a little bit quieter, people might think I were smarter. But that idea of silence is a beneficial thing that we need to put that together. And we, and we look at all that and we know, don't, don't we know already that what we say matters? This isn't something new. This isn't something that we're going to debate with ourselves whether or not we ought to be concerned about. We already know this, that there are some things we shouldn't say, and there are some things that we should, or we're, be thoughtful about our words and way, the way we talk. But he, he goes on to another level in all this, because he didn't just say that what our, the content of our words matters. He says, when you look behind our words, what you find behind them is our intent, our desires. You get an expression of what's going on within us says, the plans of the righteous are just, but the advice of the wicked is deceitful. 
Now, you might say, well, I'm giving advice or constructive criticism, but he says, when you look behind it, those the wicked, when they give that, they don't have good intentions in what they're giving, even though they might defend themselves in it. So he says there's deceit. There's falsehood behind it. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. You hear the intent behind it. And so he says our words are a reflection that we have to know why we're saying what we're saying as well, because it does make a difference. Chapter 14, verse 3, a fool's mouth lashes out with pride. That's to hear a reflection of the heart. A perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. So the words being spoken, their intent isn't just to say something, but the result that comes from it as well. Chapter 29, verse 5, those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. Y'all, have you all ever run into somebody that just likes to gush all kinds of flattery, and bet, but you know behind it, they're not really telling you good things about them. They're trying to just, about you, they're, they're really just trying to butter you up for what they have in mind. And it says, the intent matters. And we know that. We know that as it goes along. But see, good words, when you look at these, there's something different in what goes on. When we really have a good intent with our words, we see the purpose behind them. The plans of the righteous are just. So we hear the intent in that. The speech of the upright rescues them. The intent is to, uh, bigger than just me. It's about what's good for everybody as it comes together. Uh, the lips of the wise protect them. And that idea is not just protecting self, it's protecting others. That there are those who speak up. And I think chapter 31, verses 8 and 9 is two of my favorite verses from, from Proverbs. Because it reminds us that our words are to have a purpose to them, an intent to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the righteous of all, rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. You hear the purpose in the words, the intent? To be there for those who need somebody to speak up on their behalf. And that intent is so very important. And I think when we look at that, we, we don't just look at our words, but we look at the whole picture of how they come together. And ultimately, what we need to ask ourselves is, what, what kind of words do we want to be known for? What kind of people do we want to be known for based upon the words that we speak and the intent that we have? Because we build a reputation with our words. Our words what people really know most about us. So what kind of people do we want to be known for based upon our words? And I think when you get into Proverbs, what he, what he points out to us is that to be aware of what we're saying, to listen to ourselves and the words we speak, and to be aware of why we say it. Because even the nicest words with the wrong intent will come across and cause harm down the line. So we have, we, we have to remember, ultimately, that words are powerful. And that's why God cares about them. Do you all have any memories from when you were growing up about something that somebody said to you, whether positive or negative, that stuck with you now for the rest of your life? Words have power. I have memories just like that. And that means if those words that somebody else spoke to me were powerful enough to stick in my memory and last a lifetime in my heart and in my mind, that my words have that same kind of power. 
And I need to choose whether or not I'm going to pick words that are hurtful and destructive or if I'm going to pick words that are healing and edifying, whether they build up or not. Because we need to weigh that out and know that our words can, do make a difference in this world. That our words make a difference in the lives of the people that, that our families, our friends, everybody that surrounds us. Our words make a difference. See, uh, so we can see that. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has power. So the negative impact. With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Our words make a difference in the people around us. A lying tongue hates those it's hurt, it hurts, and a flattering mouth works worrying. We may say it's no big deal. We may talk about that. We don't think our words are a big deal, but he reminds us that these matter, that they can make a difference in, in other people's lives, and it could hurt other people, and it does in what goes on. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and the gossip separates close friends. Have you all ever watched a relationship fall apart because of the words that were spoken? I could guarantee, I could, it wouldn't take me too long to wander around and find some families that have been divided because of words that were spoken decades ago. It has a big impact on our relationships. It says, the gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And it gets that response. From others. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. They cut deeply. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It, it's interesting that when we talk about encouraging each other, that we also have to acknowledge there are times that we may say something that discourages the people around us. And he says, This is what happens with our words when we don't stay aware of what we're saying and, what, and why we're saying it. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. I, I think it's interesting that sometimes with our words, we make promises that are bigger and it turn out to be empty. And when we give empty promises, it, it hurts the people that we give them to because they're putting their trust in what we've said and then we don't, we don't give, we don't follow through. You don't find that knowledge on their lips. So no matter how much we may claim good intent, no matter how much we may say, I didn't mean for that, the reality is that the result of our words can be harmful. And we need to acknowledge that when we speak those words. Now, I think words that, that reflect God's work in us will make a difference in the world in which we live. It makes Because they have power. When we're known for words that are good and beneficial for the people around us, it is seen in the lives of the people around us. So, the, when he contrasts the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. It can help restore what's going on in somebody's life. The lips of the righteous nourish many. You hear the change in the direction of what goes on in the words. Light in the messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Don't y'all prefer it when a doctor calls and says and just tells you everything's fine? What happens when the doctor says, I need to share the results with you. Can you come in next week? Which one makes you more nervous? And so for us, we know 
that when we are sharing something good, we know it has a big impact on those around us. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. What our words are make a difference in our whole community and as it, because it, it, it spreads out, not just in our lives, but in everybody around us. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. It makes a difference in what we say. And ultimately, what we have to boil down to is not just what are our words, but what kind of reputation do we want to have in how we impact the people around us? Who are we known for with our words and the impact that they have? Do people seek us out because they they know they're going to hear things that will make a difference, a positive difference in their lives? And if we're going to have that impact, we have to be aware We have to be aware of what we say and why we say it. It all comes together. The the thing about uh, words is that they're not just something that we say and we go on with no, no worries. Because Jesus has said, it's said in multiple places, and it comes back also in, in Proverbs, is that we give an account for what we say and why we say it. We may have an impact on the people around us, but there are consequences for us as well whenever we speak words and whatever they are. Proverbs twelve thirteen: evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk. You hear the words, it's not just hit, hurting the people around them, but it, it impacts the very person who speaks them. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Your eye says it comes back to us. 19.5, a false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. So they will be held accountable. And so we will be held accountable for the words that we speak that aren't beneficial and good, that are harmful to the people around us. Those that are contrary to what God has in mind for us. But the flip side of that is that when we speak good words, there's good that's benefit, there's a good benefit to us. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. Uh, 18.20, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled, and with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. Do you hear? It's almost like you said, we put out words that are good and beneficial to the word world, and they come back to us. We gain from that ourselves. We benefit from that. But we know also that, that the reality is, one day we stand before God, and we have to give an account for every word we've spoken. And so we, we, it's not just in, today, in the world today, but it is something that we go to. And ultimately what, what happens, it's not just that the words we speak we have to, again, give an account for. I think ultimately we come down and we have to realize that when we give an account for our words, we're really giving an account for who we are. Because that's where we, our words come from. Our words reflect who we are. When, when we go through, oh, I, I missed one. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals it. See, that fountain of life. I miss more than one. Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning. And so, what's beneficial? There we go. And so, when we think about that idea of our words, it shows. We may think we're hiding behind our words. We may be thinking we've got a pretty good show going on. But ultimately, our words reveal who we are. And because it reveals who we are, what's going on in our hearts... What's going on in our thoughts, everything, it just shows what, because we can't hide that. It's going to leak out. Oh, you know what I did. I thought those were from up there. 
So when we, when we talk about that idea of who our words reveal us to be, you hear the contrast. When you go through Proverbs, it gives a contrast. You've got the mouth of the righteous, mouth of the wicked. So he, he lays it out to where they're, this is who we are. Those who are righteous, those who are, are focused on God, the words reflect that. Those who are living contrary to God, the words reflect that. And that means when we speak, it shows what's going on within us. And so that idea of, of what goes on here is we know to be able to change what we say, what we have to address is who we are. We don't just say, I'm not, I don't want to talk like that anymore. I have to step back and say, why do I talk like that? Why do I say those words? Why do I talk? Why do I say those things to people around me that are hurtful? Why do I? We have to address what goes on in our hearts to be able to change those things. Because what we're talking about isn't just words. It's talking about who we are in every aspect. We're showing the world who we are. And so because of that, we have to be aware of our words and why we say them. Um, I think every parent has this moment where some teacher comes along and talks about how wonderful our children are. Have y'all gotten that? How many of us, when we've gotten that report of how wonderful our children are, look at them and go, "Uh, did you mean to tell me that, or are you talking about somebody else's child? Because the children we've raised and we see at home don't reflect a lot of times what the teachers are telling us. Now, the hard part is we've seen them grow and we've known them from little to where they are and they've built up a history and a reputation and we, as parents, sometimes think, I remember what you were like when, when you were five. You may be 25 now, but uh, I'm still not sure you're different than what you were when you were five. But the teachers get to see them in this moment with other children, with them. And they're telling us, let me tell you, I can see the good that's going on. I I think for us, sometimes what we wrestle with is we know what we were. But that's not who we are anymore in Christ. In our own hearts and our minds, sometimes it's us that doesn't let go of what we were. Other people may think we're what we used to be. But the reality is, when God is working in us, we are not who we used to be anymore. That when we put on Christ, when we have, when we have started out brand new again, we are not who we used to be. As we mature in Christ, we are not who we used to be. And the evidence of that in a big part, will be the words that we speak. And who we've become is seen in how we talk to the people around us. I've still got a ways to go. And I know all of us are growing. But today, Let's challenge each other to look in the mirror, to look at our hearts, to listen to our words, to see 
where we need to change. Is I know who we want to become. And I want to get closer to that every day. So that my words are beneficial for everybody in our in my life. So that your words make a difference in this world. If you need prayers, if you need to put on Christ in baptism this morning, or whatever you might have this morning, would you come now as we stand and sing?